0: At this time, our first message will be brought to us by Mr. Art Williams, and it is entitled, It's True, I Was Made For You. Good afternoon, everyone. Just so there's no misunderstanding about the title, the I in the title is not me. I'm not saying Art Williams was made for you. it's a quote from a place this message is going to be a little different from typically what I would I do because it involves a particular uh, life of a particular person that's in some places very well known but let's get started with this title it's it's true I was made for you because there are several different ways to look at that statement In Proverbs 16, verse 4, the Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. And here we see the Lord has made all for himself, all the creation, the earth, the universe, the solar system, and the people. Then, we can, in that case, I was made for you. The you. Let's get into that in the next next couple of ones and we get the summation. We won't go into that now. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, comparable to him. This is a helper, not a, not a, a crutch to lean on or a slave. And this is, of course, is the woman. So the woman was made for the man. All of creation was made for God. And then we get down into 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus can say, I was made for you. And so there's three different connotations in this title. It's true, I was made for you. And we're going to see later on where this quote comes from. It's not biblical. To lay the foundation for what's going to come, I want to reference 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is a message about a person that walked by faith through some very difficult times. And the walk that we have is what demonstrates our faith. It's faith by our works, what James talks about. How and what you do. demonstrates certain aspects of our belief. Continuing in Second Corinthians 5 verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should live no longer in themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again it's demonstrated in this individual's life that we're gonna talk about a little later that she was focused on this and it helped her tremendously to survive the things that she had to go through. And she probably is no different than many people in her situation. And I'll describe that a little later but continuing in verse 16 for now. Therefore, from now on, we we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. We're not to regard anybody according to the flesh. It's a very easy thing to do, and we probably all do it from time to time. Not even aware that we're doing it, and we get We have focused on the present and not necessarily what is behind the present and what has gone on perhaps in the last 12 years, 5 years, 3 years, maybe 3 months before time and is having a tremendous impact on this individual. Continuing in verse 17, of 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. You know, in, in trying to live that, it is, it, is a, it is a learning experience, especially if you're a young pe- person, or if you're an old person, just becoming into the understanding of Christianity. If you're a young person, you're growing up from a child through your teenage years into an adult. And at the same time you're doing that, you're trying to learn to be a Christian. It can be a very confusing and a time when you can miscomprehend things and you can make mistakes and not realize the mistake that you made. Continuing in verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In Romans 2, verses 13 through 16, for the hearers of the law are not just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, they don't know the law, They don't have the Bible perhaps by nature do the things in the law these although not having the law are a law unto themselves so there is an inherent establishment within the creation that facilitates those that don't even understand that if they do the right things in harmony with with creation by God things will work out correctly. Continuing in verse 15, who show the work of the law written in their hearts. So even though they intellectually do not know the law, but they keep the law naturally, and they show that the work of the law is written in their hearts and their conscience also bearing witness. In between themselves are thoughts accusing or else excusing them. In the day when, verse 16, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Part of what people go through in learning about the law, perhaps by experience. You know, experience is a, a good teacher. It can be a very harsh teacher And if you don't have those around you to explain things to you, you're almost blind. And you're kind of feeling your way along. And learning by experience can have some tough rows to hoe. One way people deal with these situations is to wear masks. We all do it. We're probably not very much aware of it. But sometimes, every once in a while, the spirit will reveal one of our masks. And we do this to hide negative events impacting our lives deep within us. And we keep them deep within us and we hide them. Usually because we can't release them. We don't know how to release them. They're hurts inside of us, down deep inside, that we can't get rid of. They're embarrassments. And they have an impact on our lives negatively. And this invisible mask that people wear hides themselves from other people as to who they really are and the events that they suffered that made them the way they are. They wear one mask in public during the day, and they only remove it in the privacy of their home. And when the weekend comes, they wear the weekend mask and maybe even the Christian mask. Performing artists often have a worst case in dealing with these negative events because of their notoriety, their popularity, they're well known, and then there's social media, and then there's entertainment tonight, and there's rumors, innuendo, gossip, and some of it is generated by jealousy, by competition, some of it's generated by hate, some of it's just out and out lies, by people making assumptions and judgments outside of the teachings of Jesus who said, judge not, the judgment that you use, you will be judged with. When it comes to other people, we can make observations, but it's not right to characterize them and say that they are this, or they are that, or they are something, because the opportunity for them to be in the kingdom of God is still there in many cases people feel trapped and they can't even be themselves because they start to live up to the expectations of others and these others may not be individuals it may be their people that manage their profession people that schedule the events that they will be in and so they please the management they please the people They get typecast. And we do the same sometimes. And sometimes we have it done to us. We're, we're typecast. Beginning with when we meet somebody, they have a, what's called a first impression. First impressions can be right and they can be wrong. First impressions can be modified by the event that we're at. The surroundings we're in, the conversation, the topics, the subjects, mostly without people ever realizing it. The artist that I'm referring to has had a 28 year career in the music business. She's had many personal struggles, not uncommon to many professional artists and especially so when they start their career at age 12, and are on professional tour at age 12, and get their first Grammy gold record when they're 14. All the hype, all the prestige, puts them on the top of the world, and they respond to the emotions, and they respond to that popularity. Sometimes, Misunderstanding that popularity for love when it's focused in another manner. This individual came from a fractured home to begin with. It was her uncle who supported her at age 5 when she declared to everybody, I want to be a singer. I don't know why her mom and dad weren't there, but she was from a fractured home. By age 12, she was on tour. And by 14, she was in stardom. The interesting thing there was, when she achieved stardom, then her dad, comes into the picture and wants to be your manager, which he did. I don't know any of the background of that, but it sounds interesting in a negative way. And then starts the real stresses because now you've got a parent trying to be a parent rather than a professional manager. A parent that doesn't know anything about managing the business, always in conflict, conflict with those where they perform the menu the songs to be performed and so you have this young person trying to grow into an adult in an environment that is prone to failure because it is a confusing non-stable environment and so it's not surprising that after eight years or 10 years of her first marriage, it fell apart. She's in her second marriage now, and of 10 years, and it's doing very well. And this has been on my mind, and I'm speaking about it to get it off of my mind. <laughs> and it's been on my mind for about eight months because she did a musical performance back then. And she had an incredible courage, confidence, and strength to bear her heart and her soul. And there was not a dry eye in the house. She performed a number of songs that were intimately revealing the things that she went through in her life. One of them was Praying by Keisha. Another one was story. And the other one, the party, over, party is over. And in the song performed and in the post-performance interview, the solution that she found was revealed A solution that facilitated resolution and peace. Now this artist has traditional Christian values and today she's very much into believing that Jesus is going to return and that she has a place in witnessing and helping that to come about. Which is really quite miraculous when you look at all the things that she's gone through. I wanna read to you, if I can read it without breaking down myself, the interview that she had on her post-performance. The best part of this, that is the musical performance, has been people being able to feel the essence of me without preconceived ideas of who or what I am and for the first time, the first time, she's 38 years old and this is the first time they are hearing me and feeling me and it makes me very happy and at that point she broke down. And then she followed it back up and she said, my experience is that true love does conquer all. And she went through the bonding that she has with her new husband and the things that she has experienced in overcoming all of the negative in her world. I want to read a little bit about time to do this I wasn't sure if I would or not because we always have these things in our life in many ways she's no different from us in many ways she had some special issues because of who she was but we all have mountain tops that we're going to climb and we can slide back down those mountain tops if they're ice-covered or we can have avalanches that fall on us, and we've all experienced these things. Or we've all swam across the ocean with vicious fish, and we've crossed the lines, and we've broken the rules. And you see the smile on somebody's face that hides the words that don't come out. And all the friends, they think that the individual is blessed. But they don't know the mess, that they don't know the mess that's in their head. No, they don't know who I really am. They don't know what I've been through. All of these lines across my face tell you the story of who I am, so many stories of where I've been and how I got to where I currently am. But these stories don't mean anything when you've got no one to tell them to, it's true. I was made for you. And so it is that we humans have problems with words. Sometimes the love that you feel inside gets lost between your heart and your mind. And the words that you speak, don't really say the things that you want them to. But then you feel in someone's song, and the song communicates everything that you want it to say all along. And somehow with the magic music, the message comes through. And that's what happened in this, in this, I'll call it a concert but this, this gal participated in some eight months ago. I want to reread the previous scriptures that I went through in 2 Corinthians 15, but I want to read them in the New Living NLT too. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our own life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a human, from a human point of view however differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, and the old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And this individual that I spoke about was an example of that new life. And one of the things that that she did say later in the interview, that, I didn't know why I liked to sing when I was five years old, but through this experience, I know now why. I give and I receive love. And from the response that she got from the crowd, they definitely wholeheartedly agreed with her statement. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself from Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them and he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ's ambassadors God is making his appeal to through us we speak for Christ when we plead come back to our our God in Revelation Seven, Verse 9 and 10. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands and crying with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then one of the elders answered to me, I'm going moving down to verse 13, where he questions, who are all these people? Revelation 7, verse 13. And one of the elders answered and said to me, these are those arrayed in white robes and where do they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know, so he, asked, he said to me, these are the ones that come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. You know, the, there's a lot to be said for the impact that we can have between now and that day. And I believe that this performing artist did a lot in that direction being an example by her own life um, and then going and having the courage to go out and the courage and the strength to go out and stand by it before a group of an audience of maybe thousands of people. And what facilitates the great, the great multitude to come out of the tribulation? One thing is to be sure that the people are aware of the signs of those days in the future so that they can recognize them by themselves. But also, there are going to be two special operations going on, the two witnesses and the angels that will broadcast what's going on during that time. Revelation 11, verse 3, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 1,260 days, clothed, clothed in sackcloth. In Revelation 14, verses 6 through 10, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people around the world, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who has made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed him saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives the mark of his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. But throughout all of this, there is going to be a huge reconciliation and gleaming of people. People who, like this artist, whose name I'm not going to mention, that we were made for God and we were made for each other. And the healing and the bonding agent is love. I hope you can remember that little title. It says, it's true, I was made for you and the three applications. I'd like to conclude with Isaiah 66, 20 through, 22 through 24. Because it looks, looks out into the new heaven and the new earth. And all of the people that are going to be redeemed at the end time of God's whole plan. Millions and millions of people. And it says, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me and they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. I'll stop there because I don't want to end too much on a negative beat. It's just I found this musical performance and what was done both musically and personally in the interviews to be a huge impact. By this individual uh, and a huge change in her life and it really has been just sticking with me now for some period of time and I just felt I had to speak about it if nor another reason to get it off of my own chest